0: to the computer. I'm going to change my view here a little bit so we get a good recording. Everything looks good on your end. You can hear me well. Am I loud? Am I not loud? Just normal? You're on,
1: you're on point.
0: Sweet. All right. Well, we are recording, so we're live, and we'll go in uh, three, two, one. Chris, what's up, man?
1: Hey, Kale. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, still morning here, so it's great to hear you, your voice, see your face, and look forward to our conversation on this beautiful sunny day.
0: And remind me. And remind me where you're at. Because it's it's yeah. right at uh, 11-ish here in Ohio. Yep. Uh,
1: I'm in the northern suburbs of Chicago. That's right. Uh, Libertyville, Illinois. Been here for 15 years. Wow. In the suburbs of Chicago and in Chicago for over 21, which is the fastest 21 years of my life.
0: The, the fastest 21 years? How come?
1: Uh, I left uh, Ohio in 1999 with the goal and aspiration of two things. I was looking to teach in urban America. Just had a calling to do that. And I wanted to be a husband father in that order at some point in my life. And, uh, fast forward to today, I've done all of those things, right? I taught in urban America. I have lived in Chicago. I met my wife, have two wonderful kids. So time flew for the last 21 years. I woke up with gray in my sideburns and gray in my goatee. So that's why I'm saying time flies, brother.
0: Time does fly. I love Chicago. I, uh, my brother lived there for, uh, around a decade. And so we'd go up there and visit him. And, um, I just, and he's got a couple kids, so we would always go up there. And Chicago is, uh, I, I enjoy that city. I don't have much experience with like New York. Uh, I've only been there like for a day and it wasn't my cup of tea for the day. I need to go back some other time, but, uh, yeah, Chicago is, a great place. And so you, you decided to, to call it home and you yep. left. We were talking before the podcast about uh, you said your aunt, your aunt Gert.
1: Yeah, my aunt Gert from way back in the day. She uh, she always had this saying that you have to be proud of your name and represent it well because somebody's always going to know you around the Wilberding name, one degree of separation, if you will. And lo and behold, you and I connect via a friend of ours, Chris Worth. And uh, find out you grew up in Greenville, Ohio, the home of Annie Oakley, and I was born and raised in Fort Recovery, like, what, 18 miles away as a crow flies, so uh, kind of crazy how that all works out.
0: It is kind of crazy how that works out, because, I mean, it, and he's all the way over in Connecticut, and so it's yeah. like how, how we kind of beaconed toward him. Um, Chicago's a lot different than Fort Recovery, Ohio, man. <laughs>
1: No, it's it's unbelievably different. But here's, I was just talking to a good friend of mine, Tom Souter. He's a basketball coach in Columbus. Known as known him. He's forty three years in coaching. And what Fort Recovery and that West Central Ohio? It's salt of the earth people. It's a great work ethic. People have their community first. a Strong family foundation, and I think that's what is what's common to where I live. Right. And I live in the suburbs. I live in a town about 20,000 wonderful place to raise a family, but yeah, going into Chicago is a whole different world. Chicago is a livable city with all the flavors you could ever want from food to theater to and all entertainment to sports. Um, but I kind of wanted that. My parents did a really good job of showing us the world, right? Well, at least the United States and it cost them. They've got a daughter in LA. Uh, I'm in Chicago and my, my other sisters in Pittsburgh. So, um,
0: how they, they had, show, how they show you the world? What do you mean by that? Just vacationing around? As, as yeah. Family?
1: So travel was always um it was always the family places, right? Back in the day, you'd hop in the car and you'd go stay with your aunt somewhere, or
0: uh-huh. grandparents
1: in Florida, go down a vacation there. But whenever we went someplace, they always tried to show us the merits of that area, right? The education. My parents were both educators, so we'd always see what was going on with. I remember seeing. Patrick Henry's give me liberty or give me death speech in Richmond, Virginia, right? But where that happened and going to Florida and learning things about the different parts of, you know, how, how, um, the West coast of Florida is different than the East coast from a water perspective and just always learning. And my mom was a high school Spanish teacher. So she was, she traveled to Mexico. She took kids to Spain, right? So they never held us back from doing the things we wanted to do. And, uh, we all seemingly, we always had an itch to go someplace, you know, I'll call it bigger not necessarily better, but just something more diverse and more uh, interesting at times.
0: Yeah, because I, I, I feel that calling, too, is something diverse. And I actually try I have something in common with your parents is that's what I'm trying to also, also do for, for my kids is to get them out uh, and, and give them the flavors of of the world, you know. And because growing up in small town, Greenville, Ohio, and even smaller town, Fort Recovery, Ohio, if, if you don't do that, you really get wrapped up into that. The world is this way and all parts of the world are this way and it's just the furthest thing from the truth uh, and i think even now in these times it's, it, it shows that people need to be more connected to the diversity of it and uh now i live in dayton which is still a much more diverse place than where uh i grew up i think I just think that diversity is such an important uh thing for for just humans interacting with one another i'm curious though chris is when you said you've been in Chicago for 21 years. When, when did you go there? How old were you when you first went there?
1: Now you're putting age on me. I was 29. So
0: 29. Well, I was, I'm, well, I'm what, what? I was, I was <laughs> your, your age. You my your age. age. Cool. Uh, well, I was only curious because I was curious to know like, what was the journey? What was the timeline of when you kind of like, so where'd you go to college? What were you yep. like kind of growing up? I want to, I'm, I'm just curious more about that stuff right now.
1: Sure. So, I didn't stray far from home. So we grew up in Fort recovery till I was seven or eight. Then we moved to the thriving metropolis of Piqua. Um, which at the time going from Fort recovery of 1500 to a town of 20,000 was an eye opener. Right. Um, my dad was a principal at Halston, which, you know, obviously having done some work at Rushi pre, you know, based on our previous conversations. Yeah. And um, I went to, you know, Piqua kid went to layman high school. And uh, when it was time to go to, you know, put, go to college, I was like, well, I don't know where I want to go. I looked all over the place, but I ended up what I was, what I knew. And that was the university of Dayton. Um, My dad graduated from there back in the sixties. I looked as many places I could not to go there to kind of chart my own course, if you will. But it's always been home to me. So I went, I was at Dayton until 92. And while I was there, I was a manager for the basketball team and uh, had the itch to get into coaching. And then from there, spent a couple of years teaching in Vandalia Butler school system. And then had the opportunity to go coach basketball at Wittenberg university and spent five years at Wittenberg, uh, coaching at the D three level. And what I did was I earned my first master's degree. It was free, but I earned, I learned a ton about what hard work was. I learned a ton about how to be disciplined. Uh, I learned about the importance of winning and losing, not just in the game of basketball, but as an individual and in, in life. And I also learned that I didn't want to be a college basketball coach long term. I, uh, First practice of my last year there, I walked on the floor and i went, like, we got to be here for three hours. And I was like, that's not the response I'm supposed to have as the coach.
0: No, not I'm at all. to
1: be like, we got to be here for three hours. And uh, I knew at that moment that I was, I was meant to do something else. So I uh, made a difficult decision to leave coaching and um, came to Chicago. And at that time, I was uh, jobless, sleeping at my sister's apartment just west of Wrigley Field. And uh, the first thing I did was sat front row on a day game at Wrigley and drank an old style out of a wax cup. And that's how I started my journey here in Chicago.
0: That is awesome. Those are the best starts to any story, really. Yeah. Those, old, those times.
1: A really bad beer that's cold in a wax paper cup. That <laughs> should start all stories.
0: I love it. So not many people will are willing to admit, I love the shirt, by the way. I, I like that t-shirt.
1: Yeah, love, kindness,
0: quality, positivity and happiness, happiness.
1: And, and then at the bottom, it says vibes. good vibes. So it's actually, um, it's a friend of mine. Justin is uh, heads up an organization called spread the spread love movement. You could check that out on Instagram.
0: I think he and, was, uh, I think he went live with Chris the other day.
1: He did. Yep. He absolutely did. Justin is just trying to spread, spread great news and positivity and, uh, his, his website's very cool, but follow him on Instagram. And then he's also got some gear and, uh,
0: yeah, Absolutely. I love it.
1: It's really soft. It's one of those. It uh, looks soft. Yeah, it's a canvas T-shirt. I'm a, I'm becoming a uh, I'm pumping canvas out there now. It's a really Absolutely. soft, comfortable shirt with a cool message.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I think I follow him or, or I saw that. Uh, so my question: not many people are willing to acknowledge that thought of like, God, I got to be here for three hours, and then actually say, okay, I probably ought to. I probably ought to. Call it in. I don't know if you did it right. Then you said you did it at the first practice of the season. So you—it sounds like you kind of went through the rest of the year. You, you followed through with your commitment, but then you kind of you went on a, a journey yep. of kind of changing that. Uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. That's that's. I knew at that moment that I was being unfair to the staff, to the fellow staff members, and to the athletes. That if you're not all in, I always if you're not all in, you're all out. Right. Were you the, were you so, the head
0: coach, assistant coach? What, what was I was it? the
1: assistant coach. I worked for a guy by the name of Bill Brown. Uh, Bill's in the Ohio Basketball Hall of Fame. Won over 400 basketball games. That's awesome. And, uh, just retired three or four years ago from Wittenberg.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, we also had a, another person in common, Rick Gold. I believe Coach Gold. Coach Coach Gold.
1: He uh, talk about a guy that has just found a passion and and made it his life process and life journey. Right. The yeah. guy. The guy loves. He loves baseball. But he loves young people, right? Yes. And he's been able to combine those two to teach to teach lifelong lessons through I, I, arguably one of the greatest base sports, you know. I, I love baseball almost as much as basketball these days. Why do you so, love yeah, baseball?
0: Yeah. Why do you why do you love baseball?
1: Baseball, it's a tradition that slows your life down. So there's nothing like an afternoon at a baseball game, whether it's 10 years old or whether it's Major League Baseball, where you're just sitting back, enjoying conversation, watching the game that's somewhat complex and difficult to teach and learn and all the moving parts. But time stands still for those two and a half hours you're at a baseball park. And I love, in this day and age, I love to sit back and just observe and just take some time for for that moment and live in it versus – Versus basketball is just nonstop, or hockey, right? Baseball is um, it takes me back to the like Lake Wobegon days, right? It takes me back to to high school, it takes me back to playing little league in Fort Recovery, wearing wool uniforms in 1975 that they've probably been wearing since the 1950s. But um, and it's a game that passes generation to generation. It's kind of it's the fiber of middle America to me. I just I'm getting a little bit over emotional about it, but Watching your kid play is – is there's nothing better, right? I enjoy watching them play basketball, but just sitting back and watching kids have time and have the patience to play a game, it's too slow. It's this. It, it, it's not. It's, it's take a deep breath, sit back, and relax and enjoy. So that's why I love baseball.
0: That is interesting because baseball definitely is just a different – like golf is just way too slow for me. <laughs> I <laughs> – like just way too slow. Uh, and basketball, I love basketball. Basketball is my speed. Uh, yep. But there is a total different sense of. Uh, do you know Adam Eaton, by the way?
1: I do know Adam. He's actually on a poster in my basement from when it, his Dayton Dragons days.
0: He played. He played for the Dragons. Well,
1: he came up through the system right just, before he before okay. he ended up with the Reds, right?
0: Well, Adam Adam's with the Nationals. He came. He went through the oh, Diamondbacks. No,
1: I'm thinking of a different person, sorry.
0: You're thinking Adam Dunn?
1: Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking about. <laughs> but now I do, know, I do know who Adam Eaton is, sorry. <laughs> Adam,
0: yeah, Adam is uh, with the Nationals right now. And, yep. And, and the reason I brought him up is because he is a I I played probably two games with Adam. I, I was a sophomore. He was a senior. He played in the, the summer league. He's a Springfield kid, right? He is. He's a Springfield kid and um, – but he, he kind of, in my head, kind of wraps up baseball for me. Like he's, he's a guy who goes whole ham. He goes all in. He plays it really hard. Uh, but then he's having a whole hell of a lot of fun. He's talking. He's, in, he's taking the whole dynamic of the, the, the fans that are there, the game itself, the team itself, um, and, and just kind of embodies all that. And I think it wraps it up really nicely. He's the type of player that really kind of wraps baseball up in my mind and what I love about it. Now, you seem like a reflective guy, so when you go back through sports and you reflect on your time, uh, whether it be coaching, because you kind of had these different iterations, right? You've been a player, you've been a coach, and now you're a a fan of just, you know, as a parent. Um, But what what has sport really taught you, or when you reflect on sports, what's really taught you about, uh, what have you learned from sports?
1: That's a a great question because I, I talk about it all the time right and think about it all the time so a friend of mine is the assistant principal at northwestern schools in springfield yeah right? and uh his name is brad beals and he just we've been talking a lot lately you
0: know brad i i i know that he knows my dad i'm sure because greg yeah. greg's his brother yeah, at Ohio State, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think uh, Greg either played for my dad at some point in time or something like that. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I got to know Brad when I was assistant coach for his Newton Indians baseball team back in, like, 2000 and – actually, 1992. So, anyways, he, he brought up a topic that it's – and it came out of nowhere in a conversation. He's like, next pitch mentality, right? And that phrase, it it, it covers so much more than just baseball, Right? Whether the next pitch is your next opportunity, it's your next jump shot, it's your next sales opportunity, it's your next uh, coaching opportunity from a business perspective. But what sport ultimately has taught me is you have to be able to control the controllables. There are certain things that are going to be in, in your purview and there's going to be certain things that are out. You can control how hard you work. You can control when you show up. You can control your mindset when you're, at, when you're engaged in sports or at practice. You can't control if the ball is going to go in the basket every time, right? You can't control if the other team is going to score. You can put forth the effort, but you're not always going to come out on the positive side of things. But control the controllables. Don't worry about what's behind you, right? If he just threw you an Uncle Charlie and made you look bad on the swing, right, get ready for the next pitch because what's behind you doesn't matter anymore. Uh, it's i'm going to put a post on social media literally later this afternoon
0: on what channel uh
1: it'll be on instagram at c wilberding uh it'll be on facebook it'll be on twitter all underneath either chris wilberdinger at c wilberding
0: how do you spell wilberding
1: yeah that's a great question it's phonetically perfect w-i-l-b-e-r-d-i-n-g um but the, the, the quote is this. It, it's, I don't even know if it's a quote. It's something I've been thinking about this morning. It's the first six months of 2020 are done. Yeah. Right? Let's not dwell on the past. In the next six months, don't let the world change us. We need to change the world. Right? And yeah. What we focus on so much in life, and this is what sports has taught you, hard work, focus on the future, but we can't control what's behind us. I can't control what happened 20 minutes ago. I can't worry about it. And, and again, in sports, if you don't, if you have a mindset that of looking in the rearview mirror, you're not going to succeed. And I think it's the same way in life. So, I just said a lot, but if I could say one thing, and this is a terrible, this is a quote that's used all the time. There's a reason the windshield's bigger than the rearview mirror.
0: I, I'm um, not familiar with that one. I get it, but I'm know? familiar with that one. So yeah, I, no. So
1: I've I've heard it a long time, and I'm like, I I, I use it so often. I'm like, oh, here we go again. But think about it, right? Your windshield is taking you and making you look towards the future and the reactions you have to make as you're driving down the street. The rear view mirror, the little one here, the ones outside, objects in mirror are closer than they appear, right? But the further you drive, the further the pass is behind you. So just focus on the big picture going forward and, and put
0: stuff in the past behind you. Um, I think one of the – I was listening to a podcast or a book or something, and the acronym was WIN. Uh, yep. was, uh, important important now. now, right? Almost forgot it there for a second. But it, it, it's such a huge thing. It's actually when I traveled to Cuba uh, about three years ago, wow. I, I noticed I noticed something interesting about the drivers and their responsibility. Is if someone, if the person is in front of you, it is your responsibility as the person behind them to pay attention to them. So they're yeah. always looking forward. Like when they lane change, they just lane change. <laughs> they don't, they don't wait for this other person. That other person has to slam on their brakes most of the time. So it's like you are focused and everybody's focused out in front. Nobody's focused on, on the past. So it's on the, on behind them. And I just thought that was really kind of interesting. Um, yeah. And so I think, and the other thing is uh, when you're talking about next pitch mentality, I played baseball, at Sinclair. Uh, coach gentleman uh, was my coach there. he, was, has been on a podcast and we had, we actually had a little Fisher price toilet that he put in the dugout uh, when I was there. And I, I believe up until obviously this season, they didn't have a, a, a season really at all. Uh, he still had the toilet and it was, it was our mentality of flush it, right. You come yep. in, you have an at bat, um, you know, you go over to the toilet and we used it really almost more in a negative context. I wish we used it more in a positive one too. Um, because I still think like you hit a bomb and you go out to back to defense and you're feeling all good about yourself, but you're thinking about the bomb, right? The home run, and you're not really paying attention now into, again, what's important next or what's important now. And I think that was a, uh, uh, one, I just like that visual of that. Uh, and then control the controlables. I, I'll have a, I'll have a separate question. Cause I was at a, a chiropractor when I worked at the chiropractor's office, I was at a chiropractic, uh, event or seminar. And there was a, a speaker there, and he, he was talking about uh, – he went into the principal and he said, if I want to have my kids set up for success, what are the things that I can do? And he mentioned three things. Uh, one was have family dinners, and the second one was have your kid not be in uh, team sports. And I thought that was interesting. And so my, my question is kind of the flip side to you is, what do you think team sports doesn't teach us that we actually need to learn out in the real world i guess when you go beyond team sports what is what is something that's not being learned i know that's probably a new question for you i'm not even sure you've had time to even think of that before but uh, i kind of something that i reflect on too uh for myself is like what what are some of the weaknesses or skills that i didn't learn because i chose the path that i chose and how might i learn those and what what, what is needed now
1: so I'll answer that question in a second. I need to, I need to marinate on it for a few more seconds. So, so he mentioned family, your chiropractic family dinners, no kids, not in team sports. What was the third?
0: I'm trying to remember what this was. It's probably been three years ago.
1: Okay. Um, I'm intrigued because family dinners couldn't agree more. That is, that's sacred time. We try to make that happen every night of the week unless there's, but that is the time when conversation happens. And I think it's, it's a huge, a huge importance.
0: Um, I, I, am going, I'm, I, I would say I'm going out on a limb here, but it would be, um, some sort of one of two things. One is like education or doing something hard. I don't, I don't quite remember okay. if I'm being honest. Uh, that's
1: fine. So I, I think that so I've never had this question asked. what do we need to learn outside of team
0: sports? Cause I'm a Cause team, You grew up in team sports. A hundred percent. I grew up in team sports. I didn't, I didn't, I, I did wrestle at like third and fourth grade, but, um, I, I, I played basketball. I played football. I played baseball. That's what I did. I played baseball in college and I played team sports. And yeah. um, I also, th- to add another layer on that, I wasn't an only child. I had siblings. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm curious as to, and when I heard that, that that actually got me sparked in thinking of some of that. So yeah, that's my question.
1: Yeah. So I think it's interesting because I look back in, in high school and I played basketball, I played baseball, but, I was asked multiple times, countless times, to play football, but I wasn't a football guy. I just didn't like it. But I, my best sport to this day is golf, which you can't stand watching because it's too slow. But I, I love the, record. I, I, don't, I don't watch
0: any sports, to be honest.
1: Interesting. <laughs> so it's even, Maybe I have to ask you about that question. But so the, From an individual sport perspective, golf taught me that it's, it's you right? You don't have, you don't have anybody else that can pick you up. So you've got to develop a mentality that I've got to correct something. If it's going wrong, I have to pick myself up. If I'm getting a negative mindset, if it's going really well, I can't get too excited. Um, but I'll be candid with you. I had success my junior year. I finished 10th in the state. I was pretty good. I, uh, senior year I got in my head. Right. And I I never got out of it. And I didn't, my senior year was supposed to be the year that, you know, finish, improve on that 10th spot. I didn't even qualify for state. So I got, I got in my head, but what it taught me was you're out there on your own. Right. And you don't necessarily get that in team sports. So it's an interesting question that he asked because proposition that he makes about not having your kids in team. I'm a horrible self promoter. Right. I've always been a, a servant leader. Like I think you get so much more out of life by paying it forward doing for others, you'll get things in return, but I've always been selfless, almost to a fault. So it's an interesting point that he makes, right? And um, I'm going to have to think about that more deeply because I, this day and age with kids, every kid is the best, right? And what baseball is teaching my son and other kids on the team is, you know, it's hard, right? And you've got to put yourself into the team to be successful, but it's not teaching my son that you're a pretty great kid. Right. It, it, I don't, I, I've got, that's a tough question, kale. <laughs> it,
0: and that's fine. I, I don't, I mean, obviously I don't expect anybody to have all the answers. I just love yeah, that. Your opinion I love that. that. And, and, and that's the thing for me. It's like, well, I grew up playing team sports. I, I can't say that I suck at life, but there are things that like, if I look back as, as a, cause I'm also a coach, I'm a parent. Mm-hmm. I consider myself a, a I I like teaching. Like I've done been a substitute teacher and stuff like that. I really like it. And for me, it's just, um, I don't like the system, so I don't, I'm not in it. (laughs) That's why I don't teach. But when I look at that, it's like, I think there's this, I I don't take praise very well either. I think it's kind of what you said. I, I, and I kind of wrote a note here is like either you're very selfless in your team player and you're always serving, 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 serving on the team. This just seems to be the majority of the people Um, or you're blaming people you're saying it wasn't me it wasn't me it was this it's this you know having team sports allows you to pass blame right Um, you know hey the pitcher didn't do this or hey the you know he missed that he took a shot he he shouldn't have he forced shots or um, you know he didn't hold on to the football or he missed a block on and on and on and you can pass blame whereas like you were talking about in golf it taught you it taught you a, a certain mentality And so as a, as a coach, as a parent, it's, where is that balance? Uh, And then I go back to Adam Eaton is Adam Eaton and then baseball. And I think in all, all, all team sports, I don't, I think you can take that individual aspect, right? Because the good players, Adam Eaton didn't just show up to team practice. Adam Eaton. He, he he worked out he practiced on his his by watching the game and studying he practices individual game and that's probably why a lot of these higher athletes who are in team sports and this is an assumption are there where they're at um but i was i listened to a lot of the joe rogan show while i'm driving uber and and he talks about fighters it's like it doesn't lie fight yeah. like you're training in your, in in the ring, the octagon, it does not, the the boxing ring doesn't, doesn't lie. And I think that's what individual sports kind of teach you uh, in, in uh, comparison to what team sports may not is, is ownership um, that you're on your own, right? Like I think when I look at what I did learn from, from team sports are all beneficial things, but it's like, how do we merge both of those? Because if I was only a wrestler, I may become so individualistic that I don't understand the team thing. You know, I can understand and get behind a common goal at Sinclair. Our goal is to, to win every pitch, win every, um, you know, at-bat, every uh, play, and then every game and so on, ending so on so forth until the season is what you would deem a success. And you can build toward, towards a common goal, which is something I think is really important in team sports. Um, but I, 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 because you kind of grew up the same way, I wanted to kind of pose that question to you and, and, and see that like, what, you know, because your son's playing baseball, right? It's a yeah. team sport. you're not, you're not playing baseball anymore. You're done. <laughs> you're a wrestler yeah. now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that, I, I wrestled for about four months. That was not a positive experience, but it's interesting because I'm a coach, right? I will tell you that from my time at Wittenberg, I was a basketball coach, right? And I used to sit there and think, "Oh, these guys in the business world, these these you know, they're not coaches, right? Coaching you have to be in sports, which is completely opposite of how I believe now, right?" Yeah, it's a world where I've got a, you know I've got coaches, I've got accountability partners, I've got mentors, but as a coach, my success is always based on my team. Right, so I don't take any of the accolades. Right, when we're successful, my team gets the reward. Right, they get the accolades. When we fail, it's on me. Right, so it, it, team sports has taught me that we have. It's a, it's the concept of stronger together. Right, it was just on a wonderful uh, we rise by lifting others up form that Chris Worth put has put on. We put on two, and there's a third one coming up in, later in July twenty on July twenty second. The concept was stronger together. And I I quoted the African um, parable that says, uh, I'll paraphrase because I butcher it, but if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Say say, say that again nice and slow for everyone. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And it it strikes me as, as, a, as a quote that is uber important in this environment today, whether it's the social unrest in our country right now or COVID, right? We have to think of others before ourselves at times. Um, we have to, you know, you're in Ohio, it's a little more wide open as here in Illinois and I was in Wisconsin, it was completely wide open. And I'm a guy still wearing a mask when I go into stores and I go around, right? It's not about me per se. Yeah, I want myself to remain healthy, but what if I do have it and I walk into a store and I, eat, others get sick, then that's all me, right? So I don't want to get off onto a, a, what's become a political issue, but we have to think of the others first. And that's the only way I've ever had any success in my life. Whether it's familial success, it's always been, you know, my wife. And the kids, that's how we have familial success, whether it's on the court, whether it's in a boardroom, wherever it's been, it's, I may be the leader, but I got to have the right people on the team, on my bus, on my tribe, in my tribe, however you want to say it. Um, that brings I up just,
0: a... Go ahead. No, I want, I, I, I like that. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um but I, I, I almost. How do you? I, you talk about bus and Chris. Uh, other Chris talks about that. Uh, no, at no quit living. It's on Instagram and other stuff. For we'll just give him a shout out. Uh, but the, um, what was I going to? How do you fire people? Because I, 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 I one. I'm asking this selfishly because, um, as a team person, as a selfish person, I, and as a true optimist, my, I. I am very reluctant to kick people off of my bus. My dad is, is, has that as a superpower. He's like, dead to me, you're done, see ya, gone. Like, he's good at that. Uh, he, he also really puts himself out there. But my question uh, to, to you and just on your perspective is, one, uh, I think people need to fire people out of their circle um, and not feel guilty about it. Um, because we only have so much capacity. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you, if you do, it seems like you have, uh, I think we all have at some point. How do how do you decide what you're firing? <laughs> not in business, not like a corporate.
1: That, that's exactly where my head went. And I'm like, well, <laughs> but for, so you, you have, you talked about me being a person that, you know, I reflect quite often. The reality is nobody wants surprises in their life. Right? So you need to sit down every so often, whatever that amount of time is and think about, the people that you spend time with, right? There's that old adage about you're, you are the, the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? And you need to really consider about where you want to be, who you want to become, and then is Kale Marker helping me get there? Is John Doe, Jane Doe, are they helping me get there? If they're not, you have to think long and hard about how much time you want to spend, right? It, it's, it's never easy. To move on from someone but there have been folks in my in my on my bus in the past that geography takes care of that their interest takes care of that and sometimes you just have to make the call like this person skews negative right and i'm, I'm an extremely optimistic and positive person and have done a ton of work on with my personal development to look at the world with the mindset of abundance i don't like to talk to people that have a scarcity mindset they bring me down and I don't want to live in a world where I don't feel good. Right. So I, I, sometimes I have to have a conversation, right? Sometimes you just don't pay attention to when they reach out and they often get the message. Sometimes you go through Instagram Facebook, Twitter, wherever you are. And if you see people pumping out things that you don't necessarily agree with, you unfollow them or whatever. Right. But you have to be honest with yourself first. And I've had conversations with with friends that I'm like, you know what, Kale, I just, right now I'm in a different place than you are, would love to stay in touch, but I want you to think about where I am and where you are and how we can benefit each other more strategically. And it's a tough conversation, right? But it's, what do you want to get out of a relationship, Kale? Is it the same thing as I want to get out of it? Right. And people will tell you this, this is another thing. People come in and out of your life at different times for different reasons right? You and I have just met in the last several weeks, right? Yep. And we may be friends for life, right? Yep. I don't know. We may just, we may stop talking after this. <laughs> I doubt it. But there will be times when people talk about getting people on the bus and then getting them on the right seat. Sometimes Cale might be in the first row. Sometimes he might be in the eighth row, right? But he's always going to be on the bus at some point. And it really gets extreme when
0: you got to kick them off the bus. Right? I think it's such a good picture is just the bus. I mean, I think most people who obviously can understand what a bus is. And, and obviously right now we're both on the front seat of each other's bus because we're having right. a conversation. And, and I think for me, it's it. not everything is so black and white. And, and first, before I do that, obviously I want to, um, I have a couple things. Cause you're talking about just we're talking. I'm looking right at it. Positivity tribe, August, August 16th. Okay. I want you to talk about it, but obviously it's exactly what we're talking about right here. It's like, a tribe and positive, right? People on my bus, who, which is my tribe, and what type of person do I want on that bus? And so uh, just go ahead and put a, put a quick plug into the Positivity Tribe August, August 16th. Let me know, uh, let everybody know about that.
1: Yeah, so we've mentioned him a couple of times. Chris Worth and I connected about eight months ago via social media, Instagram primarily. I'll, I'm continually on a, on a search for more positive personal development, right? Been doing it for about three years. Chris and I connect, we have some, we have going back to my Aunt Gert stories, you know, Kevin Bacon, Six Degrees of Separation. We knew people who knew people, boom, we connected and it's been full steam ahead trying to do positive things for our, for our country um, and for our communities. Uh, at the beginning of all of this COVID situation, we just said, you know what, how could we impact people with, uh, with a story? Lo and behold, here we are looking to launch a book coming out in August um the concept is it's it's about this it's about the bus in your corner on your in your tribe the positivity tribe is the uh is the working title right now and uh the premise is how do we help people overcome difficult times and we're awesome. living in them right now so you, i don't want to tease out i don't want to tease out too much right now because i don't want nah, more- I,
0: mean, I mean you don't have to be you don't have to be too humble about it i mean it's it's something i mean when we're proud of something you know like be proud of it and I think you guys are. And can people pre-order it right now? Is there a- we're, not, we're
1: not there yet? That's coming soon. Okay, cool. Um, we're in the final editing stages and we're looking forward to it being cool. out because it's it's definitely it's a it's a simple story that can impact if we can impact one person a day. Of course, that's all that matters, right? And that's our goal. That's my goal is to always make a positive impact on one individual at a time.
0: Yeah. It's a compounding effect too, man. So how do you want to live your day? So uh, I know we, we got short on, uh, we're uh, running out of time here a little bit. Um, but I wanted to ask a couple questions. It's like, what, what is the impact? And you're kind of talking about it a little bit here, but what is the impact that, uh, I don't know if this is the same question or the, uh, two separate questions, but impact and legacy. What, mm. what does that look like for, for Chris?
1: I'm just writing, I'm putting down verses in between those two, right? Are they different or are they the same? And and so I just turned 50 back in April, right? I know I said that earlier and I'm
0: happy birthday, man.
1: It was a COVID birthday. My wife had a surprise parade for me out in front of the house. I felt like a 12 year old kid. It was incredible. (laughs) So, so the word legacy is, is really crept into my mind in the last couple of years. And I don't know if it's because I'm midlife or whatever it is, but um, The word legacy to me is somewhat daunting. Um, My legacy needs to be left with my family, right? I want my kids to carry on the things that my wife and I teach them and to make the world a better place. The, The term legacy really hit me hard when I thought of two people, right? We recently lost Kobe Bryant, right, back in February and nobody talks about it anymore, right? one of the arguably top five greatest NBA basketball players, tremendous human, done some really good things post-career, right? Got through difficult times, but nobody talks about Kobe Bryant. And then I was, during this, this COVID situation, there was a special, the tribute to Prince. Yep. Right? And I'm watching this, and I think Prince is probably the greatest musician to ever walk the planet. Eric Clapton was asked, you know, Eric, how's it feel to be the greatest guitarist of all time? And he said, I don't know. Ask
0: Prince. Ask Prince. Yeah.
1: Right. And the, he died four years ago. Right. And nobody talks about him.
0: Nope.
1: So my point in bringing that up is legacy is what you think you're leaving for others to remember and what they've learned. The word that, that to me is very difficult to attain because even the most famous people in the history of the world, People forget about them until, you know, years down the road when they come back and there's books written. Impact is what you can control right now, right? The impact that I've made in the last 20 years continues to pay back to me when former athletes, former students, former employees, friends reach out to me and talk about how I've gotten them through a difficult time with some of my social media posts. Impact is waking up each day with the mindset of what can I do for others? How can I help my my kids? How can I help my employees be the best versions of themselves? But at the end of the day, it's all it's 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 about this, and it's a quote from Vince Scully. You know Vince Scully is right. Former, he's a former, he's the only broadcaster the LA Dodgers ever had. Okay, moved, moved with him from Brooklyn. This is the best quote to sum up this topic, but and this is what I want when, when I, when this time happens to me, when my time on this earth comes to pass, I hope slash want people to say that I was a good husband, a good father and a good man. Anything else they say about me will not matter. Right? If you are those three things, whether it's, you know, mother or, you know, wife, mother, partner, spouse, if you are a good person, that's the impact you're making. If you're spreading love, kindness, equality, positivity, and happiness, you're doing the right things. So it's a long-winded answer, but Not legacy really. is much harder to attain than an impact you can make on a day-to-day basis.
0: Yeah, and I kind of took a little notes there. It's like right, impact is like the right now, whereas uh, legacy is almost what we talked about a little bit before. It's kind of out of your control, right? How, how I set my feet for the shot how I launch the ball into the air is one thing and, and whether it lands uh, as a success in the hoop is a little bit out of control. The only thing I was kind of, the other thought I had there, which I like everything you're talking about is I, I think impact is what we're doing and legacy is what we're leaving behind. So for example, if, if the positivity tribe, you are having an impact, on that person so let's just say you and i having this conversation and you give me every principle in the positivity tribe book and you do it right now that's going to have an impact but it's going to have an impact on me as i go through my life but the legacy part is that it's recorded so i don't know if that might have something to do with it right like um i think at, at some point is when you record it so it could be revisited or touch more people that is starting to be the legacy right so it's like like that Um, I think that's where, uh, even for me, it's like, Oh, what kind of like, that's one of the reasons I started a podcast for one of the reasons I'm going to eventually have a book that I put out and why I put out contents. Like those are things that can be legacies that also within legacy has impact. Um, and with, within impact can have legacy. I think so they, they have this symbiotic relationship. It seems like between the two and I encourage more people, uh, to, to record their, their impact uh impactful actions uh impactful words impactful stories and wisdoms and yada yada yadas um i think that would be uh kind of where i think legacy and legacy is a little daunting for me at the same point it, it, i i was asked kind of like what would be my epitaph right like which is kind of what you read is and i hated that question i did not like it, yeah. it made me feel weird it's like "Well, why do i even deserve to have one i'm dead and gone it doesn't mean anything and you know life is made up and the points don't matter. It's kind of like my, my thing, but it's, it. I've, I've evolved since all of that. And uh, that was kind of how I had to weave my way into finding who I am and how I want to exist while I'm here. And if I want something to go beyond me and just playing the games I want to. So I think that's probably a lot to unpack, especially when we're wrapping up here, but I think it's, uh, I think it's worth worthwhile. Um, I, lo-
1: I love your definition or the clarity between impact and legacy. I, I jotted it down. I think it's, it's on point, what we're doing and what we're leaving behind. I, I just, that, that simplifies it. And, and I think that's in the recording piece. It's interesting, right? It's, it, it, it can be the written word. It can be the, it can be a video recording. It can be a podcast. It can be your daily journal. Yeah. Um, but it, it's something to, I love that, that clarity. So thank you for that.
0: I, I mean, that's, uh, we work together on that. Uh, what's a what's a question I want to leave everybody behind? Um, that was a that was a good one. Where where can people find you again at Chris Wilberding at C Wilberding on Instagram? Uh, where would you guys be posting about the Positivity Tribe?
1: Yeah, you can follow us at uh, Chris's Chris is at No Quit li- at No Quit Living. I'm at um, at C Wilberding. But then you can also on Instagram look at the Positivity Tribe. Cool. Um,
0: no spaces, just the Positivity Tribe. <laughs> Um, you guys need a, have, a, 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 quick website or something to email.
1: We're, we're working at it, brother. We're working at it. Oh, well,
0: you got, let me know how I can help. I,
1: I appreciate that. And that was going to be how I left all of this. Right. Um, that's one question that I've, I've learned from people over the last few years is, you know, from, from Damon West who wrote the coffee bean with John Gordon to just friends of mine and our, my accountability partners. Like, how do you, how can I be useful? Right. How right. can I be helpful to you? So as you progress through what you're going with, with your journey and what you're trying to grow and develop um, from your podcast to your gap journal to, to everything that you've got going on in your world, um, you know, let me know how I can be helpful and
0: useful. But uh, you know, this, this, is, this is always a good start. I appreciate that. And sometimes it's, it's funny because I ask that question to some people too. And they're just like, you already are, you know, you, are, yeah, you already awesome. are. And, that's, and that's, that's, you know, what more could I ask for? Probably a lot. But do I really need to? So uh, I think I'll
1: leave you, I'll leave you with one thought. You didn't ask me for it, but I'm going to leave you with you. Please do. So this is, this is how I've summed up my, my career. Um, I fundamentally believe that people are put on this earth to, with with one sole purpose, right. And they gain their greatest happiness when their passion impacts others in a positive way. Now that's a ton of stuff I just said. Right. But I believe that people are put on this earth with one sole purpose and when their greatest happiness they gain their greatest happiness when their passion impacts others in a positive way so it's keep doing what you're doing brother the the reach that you've had in the time that you've been doing this is outstanding and i appreciate you for having me on here and uh i've loved the conversation i just wish that we could go on a little bit longer, but I'm the one that pumped the brakes on this one.
0: Yeah, it's all good, man. Uh, I agree with you. I appreciate the, the kind words. I appreciate you hopping on here. We can do this again some other time. Uh, podcasting is like one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I wish, I mean, to look at the past, I wish I would have recorded a lot more, uh, because there's just so many juicy conversations and I think, uh, life is in those stories and in those conversations and and selfishly i, I just want to share those with the world because i think my life's interesting and fascinating so uh but anyways i appreciate you coming on here i know you got a hard stop uh because you're out there doing doing real world stuff and we'll, we'll connect another time and thanks for the parting words everybody can go find you follow the 419 project follow c wilberding uh get their get some emails to sign up for the book so they can get the book when it comes out uh but anyways i appreciate you man and i'll talk to you soon
1: Say hello to my hometown. I consider dating my hometown, so take care of the gym city till I get back.
0: All right, brother. Appreciate you.
1: All right, Kayla. Have a great day.